Hello and welcome into another Red Out Podcast. Colonel Stewart here, hoping y'all are having a nice week. Got some UTEP football talk coming up, and we got a special guest. Stick with us. Hey, how about them tops, son? All oh, day, SEC boys. You're listening to the Red Out Podcast. I am not ashamed to admit in the past, I've needed a therapist. We all need someone, and it's a strong person who can admit it. I talked to my doctor who referred me to a therapist, and I really didn't have much say as to who the therapist was. But with this episode sponsor, BetterHelp, you do. You can filter out who you'd like to talk to, age, gender, religion, and more to pair you with the person who works best for you. And if the person isn't exactly who you are wanting, you're not stuck. You can switch counselors. BetterHelp strives to offer affordable, professional, and accessible online therapy. So go to betterhelp.com redout today to save 10%. By doing this, you not only support us, you can work toward a brighter, healthier you. Thank you to BetterHelp for sponsoring this episode. Yes, thank you to BetterHelp. If you'd like, or you can go to our affiliate link, betterhelp.com forward slash redout. Uh, it helps you out. It helps us out. And we appreciate it. And we appreciate their support. How's it going, fellas? What's up? Let's see if I got everybody. Okay, I've got Dean. How's it going, Dean? Pretty good. How's it going, Matt? Can you hear me now? Just barely, buddy. I'm good, man. So, WKU soccer, uh, the Tops finished the regular season in third place. WKU allowed four goals in eight matches this season in conference play, and WKU has a 52.9 shutout percentage, uh, which is nine shutouts in 17 matches. It's the best in Conference USA, 37th best in the nation. Uh, They have 11 different Lady Toppers who have scored a goal this season. Uh, Irwin... Uh, Katie Irwin uh, has six goals for the year. Miss uh, Miss Meyer has uh, has three goals on the season. Uh, Miss Cook and Miss Barnett have two goals, and then of course there's the other players who have at least one goal each. Uh, WKU will play La Tech on Wednesday at 7 p.m., which we're recording today. Um, so I will try to update the show notes uh, for our YouTube watchers and listeners. Um, and then, um, we, uh, we'll have that posted for you all and we'll have the next game posted, uh, for our listeners and, uh, YouTube watchers. Um, with that news with soccer, WKU had five student athletes earn conference USA postseason team awards. Uh, Katie Irwin was named all conference USA, um, first team. Maddie Davis earned All-Conference USA second team. Amber Barnett and Sydney Ernest earned All-Conference USA third team honors. And Rebecca Roth was named All-Freshman team. So congratulations to those ladies. Did a great job this season, so keep it up. Uh, volleyball news. Miss Vandeweel earns a Conference USA Freshman of the Week honors against La Tech. She hit a .458 through two sweeps over La Tech. It was her first double-digit kill outing, 10 kills from the middle. Uh, She had uh, four kills with a .300 and a block. Uh, She was third among all hitters in Conference USA and first among freshmen. The uh, Tops ended up sweeping LaTeX 3-0. The Hilltoppers are ranked 23rd in the nation. 
Paige Briggs led with 15 kills, collected her 46th career double-double, adding 11 digs. And um, we've got the uh, Lady Tops basketball real quick. Let's see here. Lady Tops uh, thumped Lane College 100-37. to So that was uh, interesting. Interesting night there. Um, the the uh, uh, Miss Foster had 17 points. Uh, WKU scored 35 points in transition with 21 steals on the night. And WKU had 44 rebounds, 35 on the defensive side of the uh, court. So, okay. I have gotten through. I was going to say, I've been... I hear you a little bit better. All right. So, Matt, I will let you go ahead and ask your questions. Okay. Um, All right, Dean. So, well, first of all, have we introduced Dean? Well, yeah, let me me do my little introduction here. I actually did (laughs) some... uh, I did a deep Google dive on Dean. So uh, Dean is a member of the Hilltopper Hall of Fame. He transferred from Iowa to Im- to uh, immediately start it for WKU. He started all 35 games for WKU. Uh, he was a uh, six, uh, let's see, I'm sorry, six times he was selected as WKU's Offensive Player of the Week. And as a senior, he was named the Topper's Best Offensive Player. Uh, his last two seasons, the... Uh, the Western went 16 and eight combined records and earned one double a championship playoff berths in both seasons. In 1990, he was elected to the all decade team for the 1980s by the college Heights Herald. Uh, he signed with the New York giants as a free agent. And this is according to the Bowling Green daily news, but his pro career ended because of a chronic knee injury. He then returned to WKU as a graduate assistant under Jack Harbaugh staff in 1990. And one last deep dive here. Uh, his Pinterest from nine, nine years ago shows he has an interest in shoes and landscaping. So, <laughs> Atta boy, Devin. Yeah. Honestly, I just, I, I, I Googled you, Dean. And I was like, the second thing that popped up was Pinterest. So I was like, let's see what this is. This should be interesting. <laughs> I, I logged on to there because I think I, I want to say my mom or somebody asked me to get on Pinterest and, and I started an account and I've never gone back I started and I don't think I've gone back to it once. So I, I, no. Yeah. I was like, it's like, it's like 10 years old and there's like five or six posts or something. I was like, yeah, yeah. My mom does that too. She sends me like pins and I'm like, I don't get on Pinterest. Like this is just not my thing. Yeah, I tried it a few times, I guess, but never, never caught on. <laughs> well, that's how I got on Twitter too. I have to say, I have to give mom credit. That's, that got me on Twitter. Your mom is hip. <laughs> of course, she got on, and then she didn't do anything after that. So, <sighs> the funniest part. She's she's about the same as I am because I do nothing on Twitter. So, all right, Dean. So, um, <laughs> kind of hopping into. Uh, to get into talking here a little bit. So was there anything else that we missed besides obviously shoes and uh, what was the other thing? Uh, landscaping. Landscaping that we need to know about you, um, you know, kind of besides your WKU career, you know, how do you define yourself? What would you say about your, your own self, who you are? Oh, gosh, that's a, that's a long one. Well, the one interesting thing I will say is I found out about Western. Uh, it's kind of a, a weird way. You know, I, I went to Iowa out of high school, and um, one guy that used to pester me like crazy was uh, Dave Roberts. 
and he was at Vanderbilt at the time. And once I left Iowa, I was at home and I got a call out of the blue. He tells me he's a head coach at uh, Western Kentucky. I'd never heard of Kentucky. Um, my family's from New York and I grew up in uh, the Chicago area. So I didn't really know much about the South either. And I was like, wow, I don't know. I don't know about this. Um, anyway, I, I trusted him. I came down there and, and visited the campus, really liked the campus. It wasn't Iowa, of course, but really loved the campus. Everybody was friendly. And so I, I ended up coming down and, and uh, signing on at Western. And, and he already talked about the rest of the you know, story. But um, when I did come to Western, you know, football was, you know, right at the I don't know how to put it, but, you know, the, the season before I got there, I think there were two and three. And, and there was a lot of talk about getting rid of the program. So just when I'm getting there, the talk was, hey, you know, we're, we're looking at getting rid of this program. Do we really need a program? And that kind of freaked me out. Cause I thought I had a second chance coming down there, and then all of a sudden it may disappear. Uh, but I didn't, and, and Western is now doing great. Um, one other thing I will say is that after graduating from Western, I got my master's at Western too, by the way, while playing that last season, uh, my last season at Western. And after graduating, you know, going off to start a career, I was gone for probably 14 years before I came back. By the wow. time I came back to visit, I didn't know anybody. And I, I, me and my wife, who's also a Western alum, we're walking around campus and we're like, gosh, we don't know anybody. We feel like strangers. And we just happened to see Bill Edwards. We call him Docky. And Docky knows everybody, including us. So that was that kind of pulled me back in. I was really getting ready to go back to Chicago and maybe not come back. Like seeing Docky, you know, we talked and, and we started I started coming back. Since then I've been way more engaged love seeing what's happening with the campus so i'm i'm making sure to be engaged and being a part of the you know the program so to speak yes okay so yes docky yeah docky is definitely a um a staple of western i mean i i mean he's been there longer than big red <laughs> i mean it's it's true i mean i um docky and i've i mean i i was a student trainer um roomed with Docky several times. Uh, the funniest thing is for me, at least is like, he was the one that would come back to the room late at night. I was the one that was in bed early. You know, it was like, I'm the college kid here. You should be, you should be in bed, not the other way around. Um, uh, but you know, he'd go out and have dinner or whatever with the coaches. I don't want to get him in trouble with his wife. So, uh, but no, no, Docky's great. Um, yeah, I love Docky to death. Um, let's see. Yeah, it's just dinner, right? Sure, as far as I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, so what about your helmet collection? Oh, my mini helmet collection? Yeah, I guess. I I'm not even sure how that started. I think I a long time ago during a visit to Western, I, I saw one of the, the chrome helmets at the bookstore. And so I, I bought one. And yeah, I really liked it. And I had it sitting in my in my little office, which is actually looks like a, a shrine to Western. And which, so, which as, it as I started, pardon me. I said, which it should. <laughs> <laughs> well, my wife kind of is like, can we put one of my things up? Can we can we take <laughs> some stuff off the wall? And I'm like, well, what do I do with it? Exactly. But anyway, no. 
<laughs> I started collecting these helmets and I started finding, you know, different ones that look pretty cool. And there's this place uh, on eBay that makes uh, Western helmets. They make a lot of helmets, you know, all, all different schools. And they were making the some of the custom helmets that Western's using. So I started ordering them. And I've probably got, I've got about eight of them now. And they're a lot less expensive than buying a full-size helmet. Oh, yeah. I do have one of the full-size chrome helmets. Ooh. When they first came out, I got one of those. Cool. And and it sits beside my old uh, helmet from the 80s that probably was illegal back then. And <laughs> definitely wouldn't be used now. But So I have those two, and then I have about eight mini helmets. And from what I understand, they're going to try to make some more based on these new helmets we had uh for our last game so i'm gonna keep collecting and try to fill out my whole shelf i've got i've probably got half of my shelf filled with with mini helmets and this this place does a really good job i actually when i saw what they did with the other helmets i i sent them pictures of my own helmet and they made that too they recreated that so i was really pleased with them and you've seen them probably posted on the on our facebook page but this place i guess i should give them a shout out tidewater collectibles is really good uh with making the helmets and especially the western helmets in my opinion gonna make a note for that Tidewater. uh yeah um so what did speaking of helmets what did you think of our last uh helmet um design i'll say that for the liberty game I loved them. I know. I, you know, I'm going to say this. Initially, when I saw the big red helmet way back when it first came out, I thought to myself, no, there's no way. Yeah. But I started to warm towards it. I said, you know what? This is kind of cool. It's unique. Um, and, and also a lot of people out, you know, in the Twitterverse were, were loving it. And, and so I kind of warmed up to it. And then when they came out with the different ones, I thought, you know, that's really unique. Nobody's done that. No. Yeah. And, you know, as much as people talk, big red is so popular. And, you know, I, I also have, and I also posted this to our Facebook page, but I also bought one of our t-shirts. So I've got the lineman t-shirt with the, the nice. big red post as a lineman. <laughs> and uh, I'll wear that around as much as I can. You know, O-line for life. Oh, but, yeah. <laughs> yeah I, I, I love it. I love the, the creativity that they're showing. And, and you know, like I mentioned before, Western, they have not slowed down since I left. When we got, when I got there, the stadium was uh, half a stadium. Yep. You know, we used to laugh at that. And me coming from the Big Ten, it was amazing to me to see half a stadium. Um, I used to dream about these days when Western would look like this, yeah. when, when Western would grow. And, and they have not disappointed in that the school has grown, the program's grown. They, they don't, they're not going backwards. Um, they're going forward. So I, I love that. And so I love the, the creativity love the the helmets i know a lot of people have their own opinions so my teammates don't like them but i love i i I like them um i it's one of those things that it kind of grows on you though um and 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 after seeing like i didn't know how to you know i was kind of like when i first initially saw him i was like okay there's a guy running a ball and i was like wait there's a big red passing ball i thought it was even just running it i'm like oh (laughs) snap they've got him doing different things this is awesome um, yeah. but the only thing I think, I mean, of course, you know, obviously they can't get decals for every single position. Cause like the long snapper, you know, like right. big red snapping it. It's like, no, okay. I get that. But, um, you know, it was one of those things I thought, well, this is really this, I, 
it, it's growing on me the more I see it. And I mean, it kind of, it allows like, I mean, my daughter loves it. Of course, she calls Big Red Western. So, you know, it's just like, okay, yeah, that's that's Western. Go with it, kid. Yeah, um, I will say this. I would make him look a little meaner. That's the only thing I would do different. Yeah, I mean, kind of like the Louisville Cardinal that has teeth. And you're like, I didn't know birds oh, yeah. had teeth. <laughs> yeah, I did my own little graphic where I put some teeth on Big Red. Some Ooh. people didn't like it, but I love it. it sounds That's pretty sweet. Um, I was just thinking of... Uh, I was going to say, I think the main thing for me about that, the, the helmet decals and stuff, was how much it got seen. I mean, I think that's the main thing as far as, like, whether we like it or not. I mean, Western got so many eyes on the university, on the football team, on the equipment, staff, whatever. There were so many eyes on WKU. The guy, um, what's his name, Stanford Steve on um, – uh, Scott Van Pelt was wearing a Western – the Western lineman – shirt underneath his uh, his coat a couple nights ago like it was pretty cool to see um how oh, yeah. how much it spread so quickly i mean there were millions of views on the the topper football page because of those <laughs> because of some helmet stickers that's amazing yeah yeah that, that that's my point just it's awesome to see that that type of creativity and you know getting ahead of the game and nobody else has done that yeah that's a i'm Hundred percent behind that. Now I do have a question. You were talking about your chrome helmet. Um, when I I played offensive line in high school, and um, I may be incriminating myself. I'm hoping I'm past the statute of limitations. But um, when I was in high school, I swiped my high school football helmet. Um, so was this chrome helmet? Uh, you can plead the fifth if you need to. Was it acquired like mine, or was it acquired through knowledge and they gave it to you? <laughs> no, I actually, I actually bought it oh. on Amazon. Oh, I bought it on okay. Amazon. Yeah, yeah, maybe I didn't, I didn't have that. the connections at the school yet uh, to <laughs> ask for a helmet. <laughs> I now I did lift my own though. Yes, I, I, did, I did that with my college helmet. Yeah, my, see, my helmet. Well, okay, I'll tell my story because all the coaches that were there when I was in high school weren't there anymore. But they uh, they all went into the coach's office and were talking after the game, and you know we're cleaning out lockers and getting stuff and everything else. And they had left like the equipment room open, so I just slipped in there, grabbed a different helmet, put mine in my bag, and just slipped it, put it in the locker. So I had one to turn in. <laughs> they didn't ask me to put it. Of course, I had a large. I've got a. I've got a larger head for the helmet I had, so it was. It was the it was an XL, so like the one I grabbed was like a small. So like if they'd have made me put it on, I'd have been in trouble. But I'd have been, you know, they didn't even question it. I just set my helmet down, set my shoulder pads down, you know, just went with it. I'll tell you one thing about my helmet. Back in the day, I never could find a helmet that actually fit just right. Oh, yeah. And so every spring and every fall, my helmet would put a bruise right between my eyes. Oh yeah. Front pad would hit me right between the eyes. And so when I was done playing, I was not going to subject anybody else to that. And I knew <laughs> helmets have a lifespan. So I said, you know what? I'm taking this helmet. Mm -hmm. I took my jerseys. I got, I got both jerseys. I don't even remember how I did it. I just, I just pretty sure I just walked <laughs> out with them. <laughs> so I'm glad I did now, you know, in retrospect, I would have been sick if I had left all that stuff. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, I'm pretty sure that I probably have the same helmet you did from back in the eighties, but, uh, from high school, but like 
I think I saw a commercial the other day that if you wore those helmets, you're entitled to compensation. So, ask <laughs> <laughs> um, a couple of questions and see what our memories like. Yeah, exactly. Um, so you've been, uh, I'll, Matt. I'll let you. I'll let you take back over. You wrote the questions. You get to answer. You get to ask them. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, Dean, you've been heavily involved in the conversation about the WKU Hall of Fame. Obviously, you are in the Hall of Fame. And um, there are some some maybe underrepresented eras, and basically it was kind of interesting seeing the conversation on the alumni board about how the process works. So maybe somebody's listening in uh, that that's a former player, or maybe knows some former players that probably should be in the Hall of Fame. How how does that process work, and how could uh, they help their former teammates uh, possibly okay. get nominated? Well, yeah, first let me say that um, it took me 34 years after I finished playing before that call came to me. I was, uh, and it was an extreme honor. Um, I'm looking at my plaque right now as we speak, and I I keep reminding my wife because we joked about it for years. I said, you know, if I die before this ever happens, I said, I want you to go up there and just raise hell in the speech. But (laughs) (laughs) the thing is, you know, for a long time, a lot of people didn't know how it worked. But one thing that that is, um, I'm not going to say it's poorly communicated, but I think one thing people don't realize is the Hall of Fame is for all athletics. It's not just football. And I I used to see people asking, when is somebody going to be in the Football Hall of Fame? And the very first Hall of Fame banquet I went to you know, because I, I thought when I first found out we had we didn't get one until I was done playing. It was established in 1991 and I finished playing in 88. So I didn't even know about it until way later. And I thought, oh, I wonder if I have a chance to get in something like that. And I went to one of the banquets and I actually left there thinking I'll never get in because I was listening to the, the accolades, listening to the different sports. And I was like, wow, it's, this isn't just football. It's everything. So it's it right away it's tough to get in because you're being uh, put in a pot with every sport at Western, and usually there's a limit to how many people go in every year. So what typically happens is you you nominate a person, um, they go into a, a pool of nominees, and and I won't claim to know all of the background information, but I will say that they review the the applications, they review the uh, submittals. They do a couple of, there's a series of votes. And this is, again, this is the old process. From what I understand, um, they're trying to kind of do some revisions to make things easier for people to understand how to do it in the process. But they would go through a couple of reviews and then would come up with a, final, a list of semifinalists that would go to the, the board. And then the finalists would be selected uh, by a vote of the uh, board members. So, one of the things that I, I think people don't realize is that you need to nominate the person first. And there is a nomination form that's available uh, through the W Club. And you fill that out, you put as much information as possible. Um, and, and of course, you're selling somebody, right? Because when the people who are looking at these nominations and voting may not know you, like you said, there's there's a lot of underrepresentation. And some of the people may not realize the greats from some of the different eras. Um, the discussion that you're talking about that happened on our Facebook page, um, some of the people that were they were asking about, I was amazed because, frankly, I thought they were in the Hall of Fame already. Their credentials were 
absolutely uh, qualifying, but they weren't. And then the next question is, well, were they nominated? And I think a lot of people expect that to happen automatically, but it doesn't. It's one of those things that, you know, somebody could have done, anybody could have, should have done, and nobody did. So you'll, you'll have that. I also should mention that the person is not eligible for the Hall of Fame, from my understanding, until 10 years after they're done playing. So there's already a 10-year wait built into it. Oh, wow. Okay. Right. So, you know, even though I said 34 years, it was only 24 years that the time I was eligible to be in that it happened. But for, for an athlete that's just finishing, I mean, you know, we've got a lot of people that are going to join that pot pretty soon because there were some great teams and great players, uh, especially the 2015, 2016 teams um, that are going to be in that pot, too. So you've got uh, a large pot of athletes, not just football. Um, and, and they have to go through this process and this, this review process. And, um, it's, it's, I, frankly, I don't envy it. I've never been on one of the voting committees or, you know, review committees. So I, I can't really speak to the internal process, but I definitely realize that that's a tough thing to do, to go through all of those nominations and pick, you know, who goes next. And, and I realize there's a lot of considerations there. So, it's a long process. It's a drawn out process. And, but it starts with that nomination. I always tell people, if you're going to nominate somebody, don't just fill out, you know, the, the basic stats, you need to do a, you sell them a little bit, you know, you need to write something about them. What did they do? Why were they special? Um, you can always add to the nomination form. So hmm. right now I know there's a lot of people wondering why a certain person isn't in, or this person isn't in and, you know, I don't say I have the answers to any of that, but I will say there's a lot of nominees that are very qualified and very deserving, uh, particularly football. You know, yeah. if, if I was on the committee, I'd be looking at them. And I, I know there's several that I would be, you know, looking at and recommending. But um, again, that that process right now is I believe it's been under review and they're they're working on that to improve it improve the communication with everybody so that they understand how it works. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, I, I just Googled it and it's on the uh, WKU alumni page. Um, obviously the, the inaugural class was in 1992 and, uh, I mean, you've got your big names, EA Diddle, Jimmy Fikes, uh, D Gibson, Clem Haskins, you know, Jim McDaniels, John Oldham, you know, these guys were in the inaugural class, which they should be. Um, and then I, I scroll down here as I'm looking, looking through these names and in the year 2000, there's just, you're talking about, it's not just football. There was a lady and I never knew this was a sport at Western. Mary Godlove is a hall of famer from 1977 to 1980. Who was a, who lettered in riflery. Wow. I never knew that was a thing. And here's the thing. Uh, what two, where are we at? Two, uh, four years later, 2004, there was another lady who was nominated for riflery, Sue Avril, 1970 to 73. And I'm like, were we like that good at shooting <laughs> at Western? <laughs> what is this? Uh, but that, I just, I mean, yes, like, I mean, like Dean's saying, I mean, uh, we've got, I mean, you've got football, basketball, you've got coaches. Um, there's a, there's a young lady or there's a lady who's uh, was in gymnastics in the 70s. Um, you know, there's several different track, 
swimming. I mean, there's a lot of different people who have been nominated and, you know, deservingly so. And um, I will get the, uh, I will try to do a, um, let me see if I can find, I'll, I'll find the, uh, the nomination and I yeah, will find put the link it or something. And I will post the link to our, um, sorry, I got to make a note of this. Yeah. Post and the you, link you in can our talk to Jared Holland too. He could help out with that. Jared Holland, Paul Just, uh, they're both people that would be the great connections for that for that information. Yes, good deal. And, and let me add, I'd be remiss if I didn't say this. Um, another reason, my my teammates, my brothers. If it weren't for them, um, I probably also would have a very hard time ever getting in because those guys advocated for me like crazy. I'm not a person that talks myself up you know i'm not going to people saying hey i should be in here i'm not bragging about my career but those guys my my teammates and i won't just go through names right now but they know who they are they were constantly it was actually almost embarrassing uh to me because i'm i'm kind of a guy that doesn't like i said i don't talk a lot about what i've done and this and that but those guys were constantly promoting you know talking to people letting them know who I was because it was so long ago that I played. So I'll never forget that. I appreciate what those guys did. And that's one of the reasons too, that I want to help some of these other guys from these other eras, because um, I think it's worthwhile. And I think it, when somebody does that for you, uh, you have to appreciate it and then you pay it forward. So oh, shout out to all my teammates. Yeah, definitely. Um, definitely agree with that. Um, Devin, I had a, a, another question. He mentioned, uh, uh, Dean mentioned W club and I know you've been involved in football alumni council. Um, something I'm passionate about is what happens to guys after they, they leave. You know, I've seen some guys that you kind of have that horror story. The guy goes back home and ends up um, involved in crime or, or something, you know, kind of falls through the cracks. And then obviously you have some guys that are fairly successful and they, they do well and you're happy to see that they're doing well. But um, how important is it in your mind for former athletes, uh, you know, whether it's players or sports staff or whoever, uh, to connect back into those those um, those organizations like W Club or Football Alumni Council? Oh my! Oh my goodness! That's it's it's critical. And and one of the reasons that the the Football Alumni Council exists, shout out to Coach Helton, is to help bring those guys back. I mentioned to you, I was gone for 14 years after, after I graduated and, you know, I watched Western from a distance, was not directly involved. Um, didn't get a lot of communication from Western. And so it's very easy to fall away from it until you start to get older and get nostalgic and say, Oh, you know, I want to go visit my school. But what, one of the things you mentioned is especially, uh, important to me because we lost a couple of teammates from my era. Um, who fell on hard times health-wise um, or, or otherwise. And, you know, when you find out about it, they're already in bad shape. Um, a couple that, that passed uh, due to health issues. And also there were issues we didn't even know about when they were at Western, you know, that, that they suffered from. So I think it's critical because um, I mentioned my teammates. Those guys are like brothers to me. We stay in touch. Back when we first left, you know, there wasn't all the social media and electronic media. There wasn't email yet. Uh, once we started to get that, one of my teammates in particular started an email chain, and that was the beginning of it. Then we started doing reunions, and then we, you know, we re 
built that bond that we developed as a team. And right now, you know, I know I can call any one of those guys. I can reach out to them. We constantly text each other, communicate. If somebody needs something, is in trouble, we reach out to each other. And, and that is the kind of brotherhood we need overall. Mm-hmm. Um, so the council is that vehicle that we're developing to do that. Uh, right now, Tim Ford's the president. He's doing a great job. Danny Watterson's doing a great job of uh, promoting council uh, events. Uh, Scott Parshall is doing a great job. With the, we have a tent for uh, for the games where we do, uh, you know, the pregame um, uh, food and uh, just, you know, fellowship. So I think that, um, again, it's critical that we reach out to these guys, let them know we want a relationship. We want to develop that brotherhood. Any successful program, that, that they thrive on that. And, and the, uh, the connection with the alumni, because then you can – you can connect with the new guys as they start to graduate. They realize that they're part of this family too. When I played, we call ourselves the foot frat because we were fraternity. We, we went through um, the crucible together, you know, Dave Roberts. And I don't know if I want to even get into his practices, but if you made it through his practices, you were, you're bound together. <laughs> and so, you know, like I said, we're, we're really close. We get together a lot. Uh, we tend to come back to the school a lot, our 80s era team, because of the things we shared together back then. I think we need to do that overall. And, and it's critical that, that guys, you know, if there are issues, and I know there are some people who have particular, you know, issues that they don't come back. I think we need to find a way to, to squash those and to get them back in the fold as part of the brotherhood. Uh, yeah, yeah, I agree. I mean, there's – I've. I, even with, I mean, mine and Matt's era, we had athletes uh, that have passed away from from issues that, you know, we're not going to get into. Um, you know, some of them weren't even their fault. You know, things, right. life and health and stuff like that happened. And, uh, you know, we've lost some there. And like you said, we've had some athletes who um, ended up on the wrong side of the, you know, jail cell. Mm-hmm. So, it happens. yeah. And, you know, you just hope that, they are able to, you know, to kind of turn their lives around and see their mistakes. And, um, you know, hopefully they get another shot at things. Um, yeah. But, right. and, then, anyway. but I, and I think that support system helps, though. Exactly. Having those, having those guys that can talk with you or or maybe even give you a break. Guy might need a job. Somebody yes. Somebody else has yeah. a business that can give him a job. That, that kind of stuff, you know, that's why it helps to be part of the part of the family, part of the fold. Yeah, yes. Absolutely. And, and, a hundred percent. I mean, like I, my thing is, is I, I say, or at least in my mind that you have to know someone to sometimes help you get that job that you really want. It helps to have a leg up. And if you've got somebody like, like you said, that's, you know, you've, they're kind of in the, you know, Western quote fraternity, you know, um, it kind of helps. So, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and like I said, the council's trying to reach out and we're, we're finding ways to reach out and, and communicate to people and let them know that, you know, come on back, be part of the part of the brotherhood and, and let's, let's build this into something special. Yeah. Uh, man, do you have something you wanted to add? Yeah, man. I was just going to say that what I like about the alumni council and the efforts that, I mean, I think Sanford started some things and then Helton continued it on. So I think, Sanford deserves some credit too there to kind of get some of this stuff started. Um, but I mean, one thing that I love is the genuine effort that's being made. I hope P- 
people that are, are listening or former players or whatever, there is a legitimate effort to try to make things right. If, if people feel like there were things that were wronged, people were not forgotten. There are efforts and um, you know, that effort started in earnest uh, maybe later than it should have. But now that we've got some things going, it's nice to see that it's a true effort. And, and I hope that, and it, well, first of all, I know that it is making an impact, but I hope that people get on board with it because there are, um, in some cases, it's it's about a job or, you know, there may be an opportunity and things like that. But also there could be people that lives are saved by making these connections and getting back together because this was like, this was in many ways the, the time of our lives, right? I mean, it was incredible and it was such a bond that it's kind of hard to just turn away from. Um, and so you kind of need that brotherhood going forward. And if you don't have it, sometimes some of us are okay, but some people it's kind of hard to function without some of that uh, down the road. And so yeah. I love to well, see I mean, that. Well, I mean, you Stanford. I, I do want to say real quick, I know he gets a lot of criticism, but I do give him credit. He started a, a mentorship program and he mm -hmm. brought a lot of us back and connected us with players. And we actually sat down, broke bread with them, talked with them, found out a little bit about them. And I credit that with getting me way more engaged with the players and the team and knowing the roster better. Because after that, I started following certain people. I still follow certain people, even after they left Western. Some of them transferred, but I do give him credit for that because uh, that was a direct connection too. And so I know, I know, I listened to the last podcast too, and I realized there's a lot of things that I didn't even know about. But I do give him credit for that. That that mentorship program was a. I thought it was a hit. Oh yeah, I mean that's that's a great idea. Now um, they do know you're following them, right, Dean? <laughs> well, like hiding the bushes. I just yeah. Know, I, I want to hide the whole thing. Careers and and I, you know, if I see it, I'll promote it. You know, if I see oh, like yeah. uh, uh, the receiver, I, I, I'm slipping on his name right now because I'm getting old. But um, he went to uh, Old Miss, and then he went to the Arena oh, League. Yeah. And the person. And, uh, yeah, small. He was Jacor a, a person. little guy, really fast, uh, number seven, and he was one of the guys I was mentoring. And I know I've been watching him and watching his progress and, you know, I'll post something if I see it. And, and so, you know, I'm pulling for these guys. I, oh, I just yeah. like seeing these guys succeed and move on. And they'll always, in my mind, they're always a, a hilltopper. If they spent time here, we still got that bond. So I still, I still pull for them and, and everything like that. I don't look at them as turncoats or traders. Cause oh, no. No, 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 it's no. a new time. It's a new day. Yeah. I mean, honestly, like, and I mean, you've listened to the show, so you know our stance. I mean, we want the best for these guys. They have to, you know, their goal is always to get to the next level. And, you know, we always wish the best for them. The only thing that we are not necessarily against, but we just don't want these guys to end up sitting on the bench and losing exactly. that opportunity where, you know, they may be starting at Western and then, you know, they transfer to, uh, you know, Alabama, we'll say for Dennis Edwards, you know, go to Alabama, you're going to start behind, you're going to be number two. And it's like, no, I'll, I'll stay at Western. I'll just, you know, I'm still playing there. So I'm getting, I'm getting looks there. So I'll stay there. Um, yeah. And that's, that's always been our stance is we, you know, we always want these guys to do better and um, have that opportunity. Um, um, I cannot, yeah. 
Yeah, I still can't think of that guy's name. I have no idea who that was. Anyway. Jacor Pearson uh, is. Yeah, I don't know. One, yeah, That's yeah. No idea. Not a clue. I'm messing with Matt. Matt keeps saying Jacor uh, uh, Come on, Corpier. Matt. I couldn't tell if you couldn't hear me or what. That gummit. <laughs> I was just I messing with you. I butcher his name by saying it and not remembering it, but I oh. me, when I see him, I know him, but I know oh. his name was spelled a little different, but when oh. you mentioned it. Oh, Dean, right don't don't worry about it, Dean. Buddy, don't sweat it. I ju- I I butcher names Dead every name. week. Every week oh. I butcher somebody's name. <laughs> I won't even say my own name gets butchered, even within the family. So, <laughs> um, you know how confusing it is when your dad uses a different pronunciation than, than what he started you with. <laughs> my dad forgot my birthday one time. I don't know what you're talking about. I went to the doctor's I office. T-bow, T-bow, yeah. T-bow. <laughs> my dad. Yeah, my wife, my wife was calling me T-bow, and I said, "What do you do you think we're French or something?" No, just T-bow, like I told you when we first met. Yeah, you said. Yeah. Funny, <laughs> you said, "Yeah, don't fancy it up. Come on now." Yeah, uh, no, everybody does. <laughs> but T-bow. it's like, where, where are you getting these extra, you know, syllables and everything? Come on, <laughs> I told you my name. Here we go. But yeah, I've seen it all. I've seen it all. So that's hilarious. Um, so Western, uh, we talked a little bit last week about the Western loss to Liberty. Dean, what were your thoughts about the game? Mm, don't make me. Uh, <laughs> I know, right? I'm sort of frustrated because I thought that I thought we had a good shot. Um, I know we've been having struggles on offense, but I thought that. We were hanging with them pretty good. I wasn't really that impressed with their defense. I thought we, and, and in the second half, we kind of, we still started scoring. So that was also um, decent because we, you know, the first previous two games, we uh, couldn't even score in the second half. So we started to, we started to connect. I thought we had a shot, but their run game um, was really impressive. I think their, their quarterback, he's so elusive. He was extremely frustrating to me. Um, I'm sitting over there watching the game. And I got my phone and a red towel and um, athlete superstitions, by the way. Yes. But anyway, I'm sitting there watching it and it's like, get this guy, get this guy. And he's just so elusive. Um, I do think if we play them again, and I think if we are on top of our game, I like our chances. Uh, but run game. It, it almost seemed like we weren't ready that second half to, to take that on. And um, they, you know, they powered it over and they, they started to overcome our defense and then we couldn't keep up with it. But I think our offense, again, if we, if those guys can get back on track, I really like our chances. I, I do too. Um, and it, it, it was very positive. I thought last week, um, kind of like we talked about last week, but uh, it was very positive against Liberty that we had some life in the fourth quarter with 19 points scored. Um, you know, it was, you know, we started scoring those points and I thought, you know what, there's actually a good shot here. Um, you know, it, it, so I am, it, you know, I mean, and the good thing is, is we've got UTEP this coming week. We've got, um, sorry, I got pulled my schedule. We've got UTEP, New Mexico state, Sam Houston and FIU. So I'm not saying these games, these next four are going to be a cakewalk, but they are, um, a lot better than, uh, you know, Jacksonville state and Liberty. So, well, and ultimately after all the, you know, a couple of losses, we're sitting here and if we went out, we're in, it doesn't matter what else happens. We're in the championship game and it'll, it would be pretty much against Liberty. So, yeah, I mean, here we are, you know, as 
depressing, as frustrating, whatever you want to be about it. I mean, here we are sitting with our opportunity to, to take care of business. So, yeah, I'm go ahead, Dean. Oh, no, I'm just going to say, you know, the, the funny thing is that I know there's a lot of frustration about this year and the expectations, but one thing people are not realizing, and I see a lot of talk on the, you know, the fan page about fire this person, fire that person. They're not, they're not that good, but the, the, the truth of the matter is every year you got a different team, yeah, different guys coming in, having to step in different roles and this team, you know, they, they need to, to get together and, and, there's a couple of areas where there's new people. They need to fit in. They need to adjust and step up to where other people have, have moved on. And, you know, they're finding their way, just like any team every year. And on the surface, you see the high-scoring team. You see we still got our great quarterback coming back, still got our great receiver coming back. But there's still so much nuance to that offense clicking um, whether it's offensive line, whether it's other skill positions, that people aren't, you need to look at it in depth. And when you do that and you look at it in depth, you realize why some of these things are happening. No, none of us as fans sit in that film room and watch the film after the game. So it's hard to express that. And so when you see people frustrated about the season, it's like, you know, let's pause for a minute, realize that there's, there's things going on. And, you know, I'm a Hall of Famer now, my first year there. And I went in, you know, as a guy from coming from Iowa, I was a blue chip recruit. Back then we didn't have stars, we had blue chip. And so, you know, I expected to come in there and just kill everybody, but it didn't happen that way because I was new. And when you first step on that field playing, you only see so much. You see the guy in front of you. And most players have that moment that either you learn to adjust and you learn what you need to do, or you just go through your career and you don't become great. My moment was Tennessee State, my first year playing. Tennessee State, I'll be real quick, but they had a really fast defensive line, little slim guys, 220 pounds. You know, they weren't very heavy. We had one of the biggest lines in 1AA offensive lines. And, you know, they were making comments about how they were going to get our quarterback. And, you know, Cicerone was uh, known for his passing. So we were a passing team. Well, Robert said, before the game, hey, we're going to shock them. We're going to run over them. We're just going to run down their throat. Well, first few plays, all we did was pass. And the game was <laughs> mostly passed. <laughs> it's like, wait a minute, what happened to that game plan? But I'm playing guard at that time. And I had what on me, I had a three technique, which is a guy lined up on my outside eye. And you, you really don't want to give up your inside eye. But I'm I'm engaging with that guard because, I, you know, all, in my mind, I'm going to take care of this guy taking care of my assignment. I'm good. I'm wondering why Seth is getting sacked, you know, like two or three plays he's getting sacked. I didn't even see what was happening. When we watched the film that, that Sunday, the linebacker was blitzing the inside gap and I was missing him because I was engaged with the guard. I mean, with the three technique. Oh, yeah. And at that moment, that was my moment to say, you know what, you need to study film a lot more than just on you know monday and, and when the coaches show it you need to really learn what everybody's doing and and not only that as i started to play more i start to see more of the field so as a player you start to say okay i need to do this i need to do this and i need to do this to be great and that and i did that and so it paid off you know some players won't do that yeah but 
every player has to go through that moment where they realize I need to do this to be great. And there's certain guys that it takes a while. So we may have a new tackle in there. And and even though he's a sophomore, junior, he's, he's been there a while, he may not have the game experience. It takes a while to see some of that stuff. And so, you know, in my mind, I have patience. I get frustrated, but I also have patience realizing that there's so much nuance to the game. And I'm not just blaming the OC for, you know, oh, here's your game plan and it, it's not great. Sometimes you can't call plays because you can't run them. I remember Roberts yeah. coming to us at that game and saying, well, what can we do? We can't pass. <laughs> he said, well, maybe how about running the ball? By the time it was too late. But um, that's the kind of stuff that, you know, on average, people don't realize when they're watching games. There's there's so much nuance to making a play successful. We had a lot of plays where, you know, a guy, you know, this year, you know, where we didn't score because maybe a guy was uh, overthrown or maybe he wasn't where he was supposed to be or maybe um, they didn't communicate well on a, a pass route. And, and so if that stuff is not clicking, obviously you're not scoring and you're not keeping drives sustained. And that's that's kind of what I think we're seeing. I don't go back and review the film either. I don't. It's not like I have a lot of time to do that. But every once in a while, I will go back and, and replay. I record all the games that I can and, yeah. and go back and watch them when I can. So um, just wanted to say that it, it's kind of I realize it's frustrating. You know, we got four losses, but they were against tough opponents. Um, and I also want to say, looking at looking at UTEP's schedule, they did the same thing. You know that that three. Don't let the three and six fool you. Yeah. Their first, you know, their first few games, they had Jacksonville State, then they had a gimme game at Incarnate Word, and they had Northwestern, Arizona, and UNLV. Um, that's that's yeah. a pretty good schedule for yeah. for a conference USA team. Yeah. So. You know, I wouldn't sell them short. They're they're right next to us. Really, they're three and six. We're four and four. Um, they definitely could still be a tough game. Yeah, sure. um, and that's that's kind of what we've been we've been saying as far as uh, you know. Don't look over UTEP. Don't look over Sam Houston. Both of these teams can definitely. Uh, if you don't bring your A game against them, we could we could be in trouble. Um, yeah. But Absolutely. yes, I you know I, I you know as far as your um, you know your analysis on what plays are being called and stuff like that. I mean, there's, there's another aspect of things too, is maybe the defense changed something up, you know, maybe yeah. this is a coverage that we weren't expecting in this situation. And it's like, uh, Oh, you know, let's hypothetically, you know, Corley's, you know, normally open on this when they do, when they would do a cover two on this, but it's like, Oh, you know, they're doing something different. And it's like, Oh, we need to, you know, we have to, do some adjustments here, you know, coach will change it at halftime or something, but you know, maybe it wasn't open in the first quarter, but it may be open in the third quarter. You don't know. Um, there's a lot of things that happen behind the scenes that we just don't know as fans. Yeah. I got worried that first game because <laughs> USF, I thought they were going at Corley. I yeah. thought they were trying to take him oh, out of the yeah. game. And, and, and they did effectively, I think they got him, they got him hurt for a moment, but um you could tell that they knew who they needed to take out of the game. Yes. And and when they went after him, I could see it first few plays. I was like, Oh, they're trying to hurt him. Yeah. And, and so if you can take out our best guy, then we tend to struggle. We do have some good, we have some good young talent coming in. I'm really impressed with the uh, Messer number eight. Yes. I think he's, uh, he, 
you know, early on, I was watching him making some clutch plays. I know Dalvin Smith is coming back and, and he's, he's always been talented. I want to see him, you know, step his game up too. Um, and then, you know, we lost our tight ends, but we have new ones that, that look like they're pretty good. So I think we still have good skills. I think they just need to, you know, they need to get in sync with the quarterback and, and, you know, just continue to work together. Uh, it's tough. But, yeah, I, I definitely think defense is, like you say, they know who to try to take out. And if, yes. you, can, if you can take out Corley, you're going to stand a much greater chance. But, he, you know, he can be devastating once he gets that ball. Yes. Um, yeah. um, Dana, I think you made a, yeah, I think you made a great point about um, how sometimes you, you want to run a play, but sometimes you just can't. And especially with all those – the kind of the revolving door at receiver. And I know we've uh, tried to – experiment and also we've had some injury at tackle i mean on on the line i mean obviously your tackles if if you have tackle struggling at all it kind of makes it hard to run outside kind of makes it hard to pass um you know so if you have some of that issue there plus the receivers i mean you talk about i know there were several times where there was miscommunication in just about every game where Austin's looking at the receiver and he's like, why didn't you do this? You know, you're supposed to do this when, you know, certain coverage and like a lot of the, the offense in this offense is based on basically just choices. Um, all the routes and stuff, a lot of times they just, it depends on man or zone, certain type of coverage. This is what you do. And so when you have all new guys or guys that are moving in and out of the lineup, it's been really difficult for them to be on the same page. And so I think that's taken away a lot of the possible momentum yeah. if it was a consistent rotation. So, yeah, plug and play is not as easy as it sounds. And, you know, there's, like I said, there's, there's talented guys on our squad. Um, but it's just, it's a matter of getting in there and getting in sync. And, and, you know, there's, there's a lot, like I said, there's a lot of nuance to a play and there's, you know, there's 11 guys out there. One guy could stumble and and the play is is dead. Um, a lot of times plays happen where you know we make a big play and you don't realize that it could have gone the other way very easily, and it just didn't. So yeah, and and it's like you say. I mean, of course, when teams are not doing well, it always feels like fans are always quick to pick up the torch and pitchfork, and you know, and it's like. Just, just relax. Just relax. Yes, things aren't going exactly like we would. You know, everybody wants to go undefeated, but that's not how it works in sports. So, right. just relax. Um, I mean, but like you said, I think we do have a lot of good weapons. I think, uh, as far as you know, players go. I mean, uh, you know, like you said, Messer's a great one. River is doing great. Um, mm-hmm. You know, he's actually I, he's yeah, been a surprise games, for me. Man. Yeah, he's become a very, very, uh, very strong player. Uh, Josh Stearns has done really well. Um, you know, Malachi Corley's starting to come back, and it actually opens him up, uh, opens Malachi up when, you know, we've got these other receivers that are doing well. Um, exactly. And, I mean, you've got LT Sanders doing well, Marquis Stepp's doing well, Elijah Young was doing really well last week. Um, that guy had me screaming that, that one – time when he hurdled a guy and oh my gosh oh, yeah. yes oh my God. I'm me too my looking at me what is going on <laughs> <laughs> well, he did it in this game a little bit he hurdled somebody in the middle of traffic again 
Yeah. Yeah, you hurdled him. I, I I will say this though. I would I know we have we have a lot of talented backs mm-hmm. and I know we rotate, we kinda do running back by committee. I would love to see one of those guys just get multiple reps because running backs usually need to warm up. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. and then these guys, you'll see them make a big run and they'll start, you know, as a running back, I always, I'm, you know, I'm just a running back in my dreams, not on the field, but I always assume that once they start getting fed, they start getting warm and hot and then they start, you know, breaking the plays and doing well. So every once in a while, I'll see one of like step at that big run. And he's had a couple of good runs lately too. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I would love to see what one of these guys could do if they just get in there and get, you know, a bunch of carries. Instead of just getting a few here and there, I'm not an OC, so I can't make you know I can't make uh, claims about knowing how to run the offense. But I just think that one of those guys, if they stayed in and started running, you know, getting some some touches, I could only imagine what it would look like. I think they would have a big game. I, I do agree with that. Um, there are instances where I'm like, yeah, you know, may want to pull him on that play. You know what I'm saying? Like they get a you know. 80 yard run you're like hey i think he needs a breath let's get him a breath real quick but you know uh i do agree there are moments when i think you know maybe they pull them a little too quickly and these guys aren't getting the the groove you know because at least for me you know i was i was always nervous before games until i got that first hit and after i got the first hit in i was good for the rest of the game yeah, but I feel yeah. like if you're constantly being pulled on and off, you know, maybe you got that nerves worked out, but you don't have the groove set in. I guess is what I'm trying mm-hmm. to say. But yeah, um, but I, I do realize though that they're so talented. It's hard to keep just one guy because we've got so much talent. You yes. want to get everybody some touches, and and you know, like I said, I feel confident in all of them. It's just that you realize that most players like to get in that groove and and start to get the feel for the game and, and start breaking runs. But again, like I said, I, we've got a, an embarrassment of talent. It's just a matter of getting everybody chived together. Yes. Yeah. And I, I, I do remember from my time at Western, I always thought it was funny. The, uh, the running backs would always complain when they would get put in for passing plays. <laughs> you know, when they're having a block, they're like, are you serious? I got to block again. And you're like, you know, you really want to be like, Come on, man! You got to run and play last time. You know, just chill. Come on. Well, um, the most important. A lot of times they say it's the most important part about being a running back is uh, pass Joe Arnold. And yes, Joe man. was a workhorse. Yes. Um, that it, I didn't even realize it until I looked back that we ran the ball in '88. I think we averaged right around 100 yards passing a game. I didn't even realize that because we had great receivers too, and they they made big plays, but our running game was what sustained us. And we had almost 3000 yards rushing at the end of the year. Wow. Um, so yeah, the running backs got plenty fit back then. Um, but yeah, now it's kind of just the opposite. It's a whole different type of offense, obviously. But, uh, yeah, that's what I was about. Yeah. That was, that was what I, my next point was. Yeah. It's amazing how we've changed everything and we've gone from run to pass on everything. Excuse me. Uh, We've but, had some great passers too. Yes, of course. Yeah. Um, so as far as uh, UTEP, we talked a little bit more in depth last week about UTEP uh, and who they have played. Uh, Dean, what is your prediction for the game this week? Hmm. I think we pull out a tough one. It's going to be close. I think they're better than their record. Um, and, and we'll be there. 
you know, so that I think that gives them a little bit of an edge. But I, I do feel that our guys are going to be, and, and maybe it's just wishful thinking, but I feel they're going to be sharp. I feel they're going to be determined. You know, after that Liberty game, you started to see the offense pick up. You started to see us putting up points again. I think um, they'll get these things uh, together versus UTEP. And if we can get in, in front and get a good lead, I think we'll be good. And I think we'll come out with, you know, maybe a touchdown or two win. Again, that's me wishful thinking, but um, I just don't want, I don't sell them short. They're a good team, but I think we will beat them. I, I do. I think so too. Um, I think, let me double check here, but I think the line it's was eight and a half, isn't it? It was eight and a half yesterday. Yeah, it's still eight and a half. Uh, the over under is 54 points. That's, that's, I mean, yeah, I mean, it could, it could definitely be under. Um, we'll just have to see. Um, so do you want to put a number down? Oh, I never do that. That's one of my, <laughs> that's one of my uh, superstitions about games. Okay. I will say that their defense has given up just under, I mean, just around 27 points a game, uh, which is just, is really close to what we're giving up. So we're about 29 or so. Yeah. So it's going to be really close. And I, I do have confidence in our offense. I think that they're going to, you know, like I said, I think they're going to get it together and, and I think we'll be able to, to move the ball and score. So, yeah, I, I don't want to put a score, but I, okay. I think we'll have at least a touchdown uh, lead over them. Okay. I will re- respect your superstition. <laughs> Come on, Devin. You putting the man in a corner? Hey, no, no, no. Like that. That's all right. All right, Matt. What do you got, buddy? Yeah, well, I mean, a couple things kind of kind of scare me about this matchup. I I do think when like when you look on paper, um, I think it looks like a good matchup for WKU. They don't often they don't score a ton of points a game. Obviously, WKU has the ability to be pretty explosive, um, some things like that. And so you look at statistics and then kind of just getting a feel for how the game might go or how it might match up. And I think WKU should match up well. But some things that scare me. Um, first of all, point I made last week was they're three and six. When I know when in our locker room when we had six losses, it was always like, oh, we've got to you know, all we got to do is just win out and we'll we'll be bowl eligible. And you have that like back against the wall mentality, that desperation that I think um, you don't want to underestimate. I mean, they're going to be motivated coming in. They're at home, um, you know, it's one of the conference favorites and everything. But also, they're trying to stay bowl eligible. And so, uh, and they also had a good win last week. They they had a good offensive performance. Um, scored what thirty seven. Um, so they have, and I guess the most they've scored all year. So they're going to feel pretty confident offensively and feel like they're uh, they've got their mojo back, whatever. And uh, so I think it's something to to keep an eye on. I think WKU needs to play pretty well this game in order to win. I think UTEP is going to come ready to go. Um, but that being said, I do think also maybe the offense got, got going a little bit against Liberty there in that fourth quarter. And I know just looking at a couple interviews and stuff, they seem to have drawn some confidence from that. You know, Austin Reed finally had a game that looked like the Austin Reed of last year. Statistically, he had some kind of explosive moments and things like that. And offense looked really nice at the end of the game, although – the defense got tired and uh, 
had trouble stopping the run. So we'll, we'll see, but I like the tops um, in this matchup pretty much no matter what. I mean, obviously if they just play completely terrible, then we're going to have some issues. Um, But I think that ultimately WK should handle this. Um, I don't know if I want to pick a, like an absolute blowout or anything like that. Um, But I think it, should be handled, um, and uh, it could certainly be close, but I'll go, um, let's say 38-21 WKU. Okay. Uh, that's respectable. Um, I'll go ahead and just go all in, and I'm going to say uh, 42-17. Okay. All right. I'm going all tops. Um, I think that the defense is going to have a little more pep in their step this week. I think offense is going to be a little more confident. I think our, uh, quote, sharks are going to smell blood in the water, and they're going to go to town. Um, And this is just going to be a fun game for Western. So, fingers crossed, knock on wood. I'm hoping everything goes well. And Statistically, that's what it looks like it could be. Like, I I mean, I kind of – you could see that going that way in terms of some of the trends – the whole season. So I don't think that's crazy to think that could happen. Yeah. Um, but we'll see if it's this team is sometimes hard to predict if they're going to come in guns a blazing or if they're going to take a half off. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, so um, that's all the time we've got today. Uh, but I will, we will be back next week. Western is going to be playing at nine o'clock on uh, ES. Uh, Sorry, it's on, I think it's on ESPN Plus. Yes, November 4th, ESPN Plus, 9 p.m. So definitely check back uh, next week. We'll be talking about the game, and we'll be previewing uh, New Mexico State. Uh, so definitely check back, guys, and uh, we will be back then. Dean, we appreciate you coming on, bud. I'm yeah, sorry we had some technical difficulties, but I think we've worked through it. Um, and we'll do a little editing and post, and we'll make it everything sound good for the first half of the interview. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for having me. Yes, sir. Uh, And uh, as always, go Tops. Go Tops. Good Lord. Okay. Hey, thanks, Dean. Appreciate you, buddy. Have fun tonight, Devin. Sure. (laughs) 